The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're talking NFL Week 4, NBA playoffs, and yes, Major League Baseball. It kind of slipped my mind with all the focus on the NBA and NFL of the show, but they're in the playoffs as well. You were listening to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. How you doing, Sam? What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, not bad, not bad, man. I'm living this NFL life, uh, as you know. I'm, I'm scouring, I'm odds-making, I'm making videos for YouTube. I'm on Bovada Sportsbook basically all day, getting the lines, setting my bets, and getting ready to go. Um, by the time we record this, Sam, this is my third podcast of the week. I do Fantasy Football Almanac on Monday, uh, which is basically kind of the reaction and the projections going forward. Then we do Get Paid on Tuesday. We record this on Wednesday, and they usually drop a day behind um, but I've been cutting up videos, and I had a computer crash on me this week. So that's been absolutely brutal. But thankfully, I back everything up. So I have, like, all of my fantasy football dashboard and everything. If I lost that, Sam, I'd be dead in the water. I'd be dead in the <laughs> yeah, water. Yeah, well, you know, I'm on that YouTube channel daily, and it's looking good, man. Yeah, we're growing at a pretty good clip. It's YouTube.com slash The Underdog. So, um, and I definitely suggest you check it out, especially if you, you know. And subscribe. You, yeah, subscribe, like. all that. Subscribe to this, too. Give us a comment here. Give us a comment there. And, uh, yeah, man, like the videos, we were talking off air. The videos are um, good. I mean, I think, you know, given where we were last season at this time, last year, to, you know, to where we are now, we've probably grown at well over a 1,000%. You know, last last year I was excited when a video would go over a hundred views. Now I'm not excited unless a video does two or three thousand views. Um, so basically, yeah, the channel's grown. We do game by game previews of the NFL. At some point soon, Sam, I want to do game by game or at least weekly previews of the NBA. Um, that's really the next thing, and I want to get you know college football. Um, somebody to make some college football games. That's not my specialty. I specialize in the NFL. But, you know, then I'm thinking like the college football and the NFL stuff, you know, I could get with a college football person and do some NFL draft stuff. So those are the next yeah, things, we, man. The we channel. can do a college basketball one, too, because that'll be revving up here yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. So, so like all these all these previews, man, it's like it, it's it's cool. It's great. I love doing them, but it takes a lot of time. And as much as I'd love to, you know, I'm thinking like even team specific stuff, you know, like get mm -hmm. like, um, you know, correspondence. And then I thought it would be cool to like get team specific people that make like a video, a preview video for themselves and then get together with whoever the correspondent is with their op uh, their opposition that week and then like talk about, you know, why they think their team's going to win basically and talk about the game. So it's like the experts talking about their everything, you know. So, um I thought that'd be cool. That's the next yeah, logical step, cool. I think. Not, let's not give away too much, man. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, here's my here's my take on it. You know how like how paranoid I am as a as a person and everything. And it's like I know how much time this takes, and frankly, I know how much money it takes to really set the channel up and marketing and all that stuff. If somebody's listening to this and they don't have the infrastructure built, good luck doing it. You know, right. good luck doing it. You, you're better. I'm telling you, you're better off just following me on Twitter. I'm at TFS underscore Sean. Shoot me a note and say, hey, I'd like to participate. Because I'm telling you, I've been working. Like, people want to be internet famous. By the way, I don't want to be famous at all. I'd be very content never being recognized unless I'm at a conference or something. But um, it, it, people want to be internet famous, and they think they can be, like, YouTube millionaires and all that stuff. Let me tell you what it takes. Last season, I was working 80 hours a week. And I was getting 20 views per video. <laughs> There's not a lot of positivity there. And then, and then, of course, everybody that uh, commented were, you know, they're, you know, insulting me and, 
you know, talking about how crappy the channel was and there's a reason I'm only getting 15 <laughs> views and to give it up. That's what you that's what you get for 17 weeks of 80 hours a week is a bunch of people dogging you. But we got monetized in November. I spent probably two grand at this point, you know, marketing and everything and, and basically getting it to the point where it, it goes. Now, this year, I'm probably spending 100 hours a week on it. We're making money, but, you know, I'm making about $2 an hour maybe. And I'm still in the hole. I'm still in debt from last year marketing. So that's what it takes to get a YouTube channel up. You think you think it's easy? It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Now, if you have a built-in social media following, it'll be a little bit easier for you. But starting from scratch and trying to trying to break through and being a sports person where there's like that market is so saturated, that takes time. It takes a lot of time. More time than I figured. But uh, but that's where we are. So if you want to start a YouTube channel, you can do it. Don't get me wrong. I think anybody can. And if you're willing to put in 80 hours a week like I did, you'll be making about $2 an hour in year two. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but the projections a, a, are good. It's a long game. It's a long game. It is a long game. Like, it's 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 not easy to go viral. It really isn't. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested in, in being a contributor – Follow me. I'm certainly looking for people to contribute. Um, follow me. Email me. I'm at functionalsportsaholic at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Show notes below. All that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a grind. It is a grind. It's fun though. It's a labor of love. That's what I tell people. So um, so yeah. I mean, that's how David actually on Fantasy Football Almanac. That's how we started out. Is he contacted me on Twitter and he's like, "Hey man, you know I like your stuff," but I know he's probably contacting about fifty people at the same time, saying the same thing, and I'm the only one who bit. <laughs> no, it's not true. Actually, he's very talented. There, yeah, there are a few he's people very good. Who did. He's good. He's good, man. He's awesome. I think he's a great compliment to to kind of what I do, which is good. But uh, he's got a good energy and a nice social following too, so that always helps. But yeah, man, he he reached out and I was like, "Hey, why don't you do some videos? I'm looking for some stuff." He did a couple things and circumstances aligned i wanted to do the other podcast i thought he'd be great and he has been he's been awesome so he's gonna start getting paid for doing it too that's a good thing too is i can actually pay on the youtube channel you know like you know like like basically a dollar a video but i can pay i can pay (laughs) you know i'm losing money man i'm losing money at a dollar a video i might actually turn a profit on that one but but anyway there's the business of uh social media (laughs) social media youtube for anybody if you're if you're curious, but um, Sam, since uh, you know I'm talking about the YouTube channel and all that, one of our weekly features is the power rankings. We air it on this uh, on these episodes during the NFL season. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and take the mic uh, for a while. We're going to talk about at this point. We I think I'm 16 deep, just because there are too many good three and and two and one teams that we have to talk about. And uh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and and go on a roll now, and we'll bring you back in at the end. Sound good, Sam? Good stuff, bro. NFL Week 4 Power Rankings. That's right. After this week, we'll be a quarter of the way through the season for everybody. Four games in. Can you believe it? It started fast and furious and lots of injuries. Before I get rolling, um, usually I try to do a top 10, although this week I want to talk about all of the 2-1 and and 3-0 and teams. So it's actually 16 teams I'm ranking them. Uh, before I get rolling, though... I always talk about the teams uh, of respect. I also call this the clown emoji screen because the teams that show up here do not make my top list and all the fan bases get mad. So uh, quickly, I want to talk about two one and two teams that I like. They just didn't make it because, hey, they're not putting it together on the field just yet. Uh, But there are reasons for that. First, the New Orleans Saints, they're one and two. Uh, two losses, one against the Raiders. They got handled on Monday Night Football. It was the first game without Michael Thomas. Second loss was against the Green Bay Packers, a very, very good team, a top five team in the league, I think. And, uh, you know, what's the deal with that? Really, I think it took Drew Brees about six six quarters 
to get over the loss of Michael Thomas, but they have it figured out now. I think they'll be just fine going forward. But again, one and two, I'm not putting them in the list just because they're one and two. The Dallas Cowboys, I think they're the best team in the NFC East. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks. I can't remember who their other losses to um, off the top of my head, but um, oh, it's the Los Angeles Rams to start the year. I think they've had a tough schedule, a tough road, but the offense is clicking. The defense, I want to see a little bit more out of them, but I think they're going to win the division. I think they'll be in the playoffs. So two teams that I respect at one and two, just not talking about them today in the list. So even the odds makers right now agree that those teams are good. I mean, if you look at Bavada, they have Dallas at plus 2,000. They have New Orleans at plus 1,600. And frankly, those are better odds or at least stronger odds to win the Super Bowl than a lot of what I'll be talking here. So it's not all it's not all bad, New, uh, New Orleans. It's not all bad, Dallas. But let's get, uh, let's get rolling here with the rest of the top, I guess, 16 teams. As I go through, I'm going in reverse order. So today I'm going 16 to 1. I'm going to start with my first 2 and 1 team. The Cleveland Browns at 2-1. and one. I've been saying all offseason, the, the moving away from Freddie Kitchens to uh, Stefanski there at head coach, the perfect situation for this Cleveland Browns offense that has talent everywhere. The offensive line is doing its thing. The commitment to the run with Nick Chubb and then also bringing in Kareem Hunt is huge. It puts Baker Mayfield in better positions to succeed. We're going to see more Odell Beckham in one-on-one matchups off play action and bootlegs, that kind of thing. This Cleveland Browns team is good. My only concern is they play in an improved and good uh, division. Two teams ahead of them on this list uh, from the AFC North. Number 15, the Chicago Bears. Look, I watched all the games, uh, as I do watch all the games for all the teams. The move to Nick Foles is something that they probably should have done, in my opinion, before the start of the season. When they moved to Foles, he did put the ball up for grabs a couple of times uh, in that comeback against Atlanta. It worked out. They got out of there with a victory. I'm curious to see what they do against a talented Indianapolis Colts team this week. Uh, 3-0 Chicago Bears. I'm a believer in this defense. I want to see Nick Foles put it together um, and, and do what I think he can do for this offense and make them a very good offense. And if they do that, of course, the Bears rise up this list. Number 14, the Las Vegas Raiders. I can't believe I'm putting them this low, but I am um, just because I like some of the teams ahead of them. They lost to the Patriots. Um, but I thought their defense is much improved. The secondary's flying around the field. They frustrated Cam Newton passing. Uh, New England went to power run, and it worked. I um, mean, basically, New England used the, the Las Vegas Raiders game plan. It's just run, 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 run. I do like Gruden. I do like Gunther and de as uh, the defensive coordinator. I think they're very well coached. I have some questions about their viability against um, the top flight team in the league. Teams in the league. I predicted they'd be in the playoffs before the season. I still think that's the case. I like their, this brand of football. It's built for a playoff run. So we'll see what happens. Number thirteen, the Indianapolis Colts. They're two and one. Frankly, I think they should have won that first game of the year. Um, you know, they were moving the ball with reckless abandon against the Jaguars. Philip Rivers didn't really take care of the ball, but that's kind of what you get with Philip Rivers. I have questions about the durability of the wide receiving core. They always seem to have their tight ends and wide receivers hurt. Um, that's not that's not something um, that uh, doesn't happen all across the league. And generally, the Colts are deep enough to make team or basically move the ball and continue to move the ball. I like the team. I still have a couple of questions. This game between the Colts and the Bears this week will give us a lot of answers, I feel. Number 12, the San Francisco 49ers, 2-1-1. Their only losses to the Arizona Cardinals, who were ranked ahead of them, purely because the Arizona Cardinals beat them. But the San Francisco 49ers, um, they're built. I mean, they have so much depth. I still say they're the best team in terms of creating a dynasty or dynastic type um, you know, 10-year run here. Top to bottom, they just have talent everywhere. I love the coaching on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, you lose Solomon, you lose um, Bosa, 
And what happens, this defense just continues to produce. Offensively, you lose your top two running backs. You lose. You start the season without your receiver. You lose your quarterback. They still win games. Yes, they won against New York, uh, both the Jets and the Giants, but they throttled both of those teams. It's hard to throttle teams in the NFL, and when you can do it with a lot of understudies, as the San Francisco 49ers is, that's a good indication that they're going to be good. By the way, the 49ers last year were also injured for the most of the season, like eight weeks. Um, you know, I think after week two, I think they went on a on an eight to ten week stretch where they didn't have top talent in their organization and they still won. This team is deep. I believe in them. And um, yes, they got a little bit of a break with their injuries coinciding with playing the two New York teams. However, when their teams uh, are healthier or as as healthy as they're going to be um, and their schedule gets a little bit difficult, at least they'll be ready to go. I like the 49ers. Number 11, Arizona Cardinals. As I said, ranked ahead of the 49ers purely because they beat the 49ers, and I didn't think it would be fair to do otherwise. Uh, the Cardinals lost to the Detroit Lions. I was not surprised by that at all. Uh, Patricia, I thought, had a pretty good game plan. Um, maybe the one of the only 16 good game plans he has this year. I'm not a believer in Patricia. But the Arizona Cardinals, um, look, they have offense. Uh, their defense is much improved. I like what they're doing. I think they just had a little bit of a matchup issue last week. Stafford getting Galladay back was a big deal. I'm not freaking out. You know, Kyler Murray didn't protect the ball as well as he usually does. Again, I'm not worried about it. I still like the Arizona Cardinals. Number 10 on this list, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're starting to see Tom Brady throw the ball better. Uh, he's developing chemistry with his receivers. Now, Godwin, is he in the lineup? Is he out? I don't know. Is it O.J. Howard? Is it Rob Gronkowski? I don't know. Is it Ronald Jones? Is it Leonard Fournette? I don't know. But the bottom line is this offense is talented, and this defense, with the additions they made in the offseason, is very, very strong. They are going to get better and better as the season goes on. Um, you know, Brady, again, that chemistry, he's been throwing dimes. I think his he should have had a better week in week two, but his receivers let him down. Last week they were catching his passes. I think, like I said, they'll get better and better. Number nine, Los Angeles Rams. Their one loss to the Buffalo Bills this past weekend. They had a lead late and they let it go. Josh Allen playing inspired football there. Uh, the Rams uh, running game, what they want to do, they're back to it. Daryl Henderson looks great. We'll see what happens when Cam Akers is back, but I don't think you move away from Daryl Henderson personally. Jared Goff, because the running game is playing well, is playing much better. This defense... Uh, you know, they're giving up yardage. I don't love that. They gave up some yardage to Dallas. They gave up some yardage to Buffalo, but those are two talented offenses. I like this Rams team, top 10 team for me this week. Number eight and number seven, I'm going to talk about them at the same time. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. I think they're both similar teams in that both offenses can play better. We haven't seen the best of them yet. Both defenses can play better. We haven't seen the best of them yet. I think both teams you know, they're 3-0, and and they haven't played their best football. So that tells you something about how strong they are. I know there's some concerns about, you know, the, the game. It, it will be played, it looks like. I don't know which players will be active and, and not active for the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, if something weird happens, we'll calibrate this list effectively next week. But I think we're going to get a lot of answers. I think the sharper team wins. I think they're uh, similarly matched. I would give the edge, as I do in these power rankings, to the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think their offense is more potent and they can score points quicker, whereas Tennessee more of a ball control offense but again it really comes down to who plays a sharper brand of football this weekend number six the new england patriots their one loss is to the seattle seahawks um they could have very easily won that game i think they're on the, like the two yard line at the end of the game there and they got shut down on their favorite play that happens uh, the new england patriots could be undefeated they played pretty well when cam newton was throwing the ball poorly again new england's coaching staff knows what they're doing 
They're smart. They adjust. Newton didn't have it against a you know a, a secondary in, in Vegas. I'm telling you, everybody is is underestimating at this point. Uh, Patriots wants a power run. They can win that way. And of course, their defense is always pretty stout. I like the Patriots number six, and they could move up uh, this list. And they play by the way the Kansas City Chiefs this week. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Number five on my list. Don't yell at me too much, Ravens fans. You lose to the best team in the league, in my opinion, in the Kansas City Chiefs, and you drop like four spots in the rankings. Um, look, what I saw last weekend or last week, uh, there were good signs and there were bad signs. One is they fell down and, uh, fell down. I mean, early they were, they were losing. So they get out of their power running, uh, game plan and they have to throw the ball. And once again, Baltimore just didn't stack up to a more potent offense. However, what I did like the glass half full approach to this is they did look better uh, being down than they did last season. They closed that gap to about seven points. They had the momentum it was going. They just ended up losing the game to the uh, to the reigning champions, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't hit them too hard, but the reason I'm moving them down is uh, twofold. One, I wanted to put the 3-0 teams up top, and two, the 3-0 three, uh, teams that are ahead of them at this point have really, really good offenses. So in terms of matchup, they can get into a scoring contest with the Ravens, which is hard to do. And can the Ravens overcome that? We'll see. What I tend to think will happen is the Ravens will end up at number two on this list as we move forward in the season. But again, we will see. Number four on my list, the Buffalo Bills. Come on, everybody. It's time to respect them. People are going to say, ah, who have they played? Well, they played um, a Miami Dolphins team that I feel is underrated. They took advantage of the Jets, as everybody does. Um, and then they beat a, what I think is a really good Rams team. Uh, last week, I believe the Rams and Bills were five and six on my uh, on my top 10 list. This week, they are respectively four and nine. Buffalo coming back. They're the real deal, everybody. Their defense isn't even playing that well yet, at least up to their expectations. Josh Allen, I'm telling you, if you have not watched the Buffalo Bills and you're wondering why I rank them as high as I do, watch the game. I'm telling you, he's putting it on field. He's way better than he was last season. I've been saying for weeks, if he can do what he's doing this season, this Buffalo Bills team can be this uh, this year's version of the Baltimore Ravens from last year. They can be a 13-3. and three. I don't see any reason why they can't. This defense is going to get better, and I think this offense is going to get better, and they have untapped weapons. We haven't even seen Cole Beasley, really. We haven't seen Devin Singletary, really. They've been working primarily the outside of the field with Stephon Diggs and John Brown. They have more uh, to offer than what we're seeing so far, and they're 3-0, and they're winning convincingly. I like the Buffalo Bills. If you haven't watched them yet, watch them. I think you will, too. Number three on this list, the Green Bay Packers. Um, look, you know, they handle the the New Orleans Saints. Of course, they beat up on the, the Vikings to start the year. I, I forgot who their, uh, who their win was in week two offhand, but oh, it's the Detroit Lions. Their offense is going crazy. What I love about this is Matt LaFleur seems to, his pro- seems to have progressed both as a play caller and in this offensive installation. This team is a lot more creative. Uh, they're a lot more dynamic, and their defense, I think, is a little bit better. Although they're giving up a little bit too many yardage or too too much yardage, they are giving up too much yardage in the the third and fourth quarters of games. Uh, I think they might go a little bit too lenient. I like Matt Pettin as a defensive coordinator. I'm sure they'll ratchet that up. I'm curious to see what this team looks like in a close game or in a game where they come up against a really dominant defense. I'd like to, for instance, see how they match up against the Baltimore Ravens or or a team like that. Um, But again, just offensively, I think they're a little bit more mature than where the Buffalo Bills are at this point. But uh, that's why I moved the Green Bay ahead of them. Uh, the Bills, but you're kind of splitting hairs, I think, inside this top four. <clears throat> Number two on my list, the Seattle Seahawks. I said before the season, they were my Super Bowl favorite representative for the NFC. Uh, the defense, the secondary, still giving up too much yardage. Uh, the, you know, Jamal Adams, they've had some injuries. I know Diggs was removed from that Patriots game. But Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, 
14 touchdowns on a pace for over 70 touchdowns. He's not going to get there, but I do believe that Russell Wilson throws for over 60 touchdowns. I'm putting it out there on tape, everybody. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a crazy year. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the perfect compliments to one another, and they're both very talented. Uh, Chris Carson, yes, he's injured, but you have Carlos Hyde behind him. You have uh, Greg Olson, Will Disley, uh, Jacob Hollister at tight end. You have uh, even guys like David Moore. Um, we haven't seen Dorsett yet. He's been injured. The, this team is very talented offensively, and I think the defense is better than you think they are. Um, they just, you know, when they're healthy, they're going to be stronger, a lot stronger. Seattle Seahawks, my number two team and my number one team in the NFC, which brings me to my number one overall team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Can you beat them? Can anybody beat them? I mean, the Chargers played well, but I thought the Chiefs came out flat and they still ended up winning. I think they escaped with a win there. And frankly, if um, if uh, Herbert had gotten a full week of practice, I think the Chargers might have snuck out with an upset. But Kansas City, they played, I think, you know, the creme de la creme. I had a three-way tie for number one last week with Baltimore, Seattle, and Kansas City. That win against Baltimore, it was convincing against a very good defense. They're just a fantastic team. When they turn it on, they are so special. This offense is as good as any offense I've seen since I've ever been watching football in thirty over 30 years at this point of watching football. They are incredible, and their defense is better than you think they are as well. I think it's, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Dating back to last season, I believe they're on a 12-win win streak, including the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if anybody knocks them off, but they have a tough challenge this week against New England. Patriots, Chiefs, going to be a lot of fun. The number one and the number six team respectively play. Then we also get Steelers versus Titans. For me, that's the number seven and number eight team. And we also get the Bears versus the Colts, the number 13 versus the number 15 team. The winners of those games will likely be in the top 10 next week. So it's going to be a lot of fun, everybody. Oh, and by the way, Buffalo, the number four team, plays the Raiders, the number 14 team. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. And uh, by the way, if you're looking for value uh, right now, let's take a look at the futures for my top five. Uh, so Bavada has, let's see here, let me just start with Buffalo. Bav Buffalo's at plus 1,800 to win, so I think they are getting some respect, and respect is due for them. Green Bay's at plus 1,000. Again, they're getting respect. Baltimore's at plus 650, so even with the loss, of course, their odds are very strong. Kansas City's at plus 400, the odds on favorite. And then Bavada has Seattle at plus 750. So these are all strong teams. Uh, the sports books are recognizing it. And uh, Bavada is uh, making it difficult for you to make more money that way as well. But no, in all seriousness, I do think they're value. Uh, take a look at these five teams. I really like them. Then Tampa Bay might be my favorite dark horse there at uh, plus 1400. I think they're just going to get better. And they have a defense that I think is a little bit better than I was expecting personally. All right, and we're back. Sam, I mean, look, you can't go against the, the Chiefs. I've been seeing it for a couple of weeks. Last week, I know a lot of people were wavering, you know, after the Chiefs kind of, you know, came out flat against the Chargers and credit the Chargers with the defense. But the the Chiefs, you know, play the play the Ravens. I figured, look, the Ravens are playing great ball, but I figured the Chiefs were going to be ready to go in that game. And they showed the world why they've won, I think, dating back to last season at this point, 12 straight. Um, they're damn good. Uh, and their yeah. offense is incredible. They're looking like a well-oiled machine and a team that's been together for a while. So. And that's the key, dude. Like it's like, okay, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman. They go on any other team. Do they scare you? No. You know, mm -hmm. Edwards Alaire, he's nice, but if he's on another team, is he racking up the yardage? No. I mean, a lot of that's because you have to respect Tariq Hill over the top, Travis Kelsey over the middle. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Tariq Hill are the only ones that I think that you could implant in another team. They'd be just as explosive and just as deadly, but. Then you put them all together with Andy Reid. 
You know, the best right. the best play caller of this generation. Um, he might be the best offensive mind since Bill Walsh, um, which would put him ahead of, like, you know, guys like uh, Shanahan. It would put him, uh, Mike Shanahan and Kyle, for that matter. It would put him ahead of uh, Holmgren. Um, but I think you can safely say that, dude. He's just He's just incredible. And... I love the matchup this week. He got the best defensive, or the best really coaching mind of all time, I think, in Bill Belichick versus um, really the only guy that could be his equal on the field in terms of tactics on the opposite side, and Andy Reid. And I'm not so sure, Sam, that Andy Reid isn't better than Bill Walsh was. We know Bill Walsh is the godfather of, of NFL offenses, but you know Bill Belichick could handle Bill Walsh in the playoffs, and he did when he was a coordinator of the Giants, but. He has trouble with Andy Reid historically. Um, yeah, I can't wait for that matchup, dude. It's gonna be so good. Let me pull up. <laughs> on. Let me pull up the Bavada line on that on that matchup. I want to see what the line is. I know it opened the week at seven. Let's see if it changed. It's still is seven. That this, is that this week? That is this week. Wow. It's this week, and it's an afternoon Sunday game. It's not even a national TV game, which I think is a travesty. But you can't put the Chiefs and the Patriots on national TV every week. There are rules against yeah. that. So. <laughs> Yeah, man, but that's a that's an afternoon game. Bavada has Kansas City minus seven, which is a giant line. Um, man, that's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be tough, man. I just like last week, Kansas City, um, Kansas City was minus or was plus three. Kansas City was getting points against the Ravens, and I'm just like, look, I recognize, I see it on tape. The Ravens are playing great football, but you're telling me that I get Patrick Mahomes in that offense, and I'm getting points. Come on. Come on, you yeah, gotta go with that. So I, I took it and I won. Wouldn't you know? I mean, sometimes you just gotta take the value where it is. It's like if Russell Wilson is ever getting points, you gotta go with Russell Wilson. He's playing phenomenal at this point. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, let's talk. Let's swing it over um, NBA. So we got the finals. Um, your predicted matchups. Um, really, I think since the bubble started. Um, you didn't predict the Miami Heat while we were getting regular season action. You said you liked them a lot, but once the bubble started, you're like, eh, keep your eyes on the Heat. And then you yeah. you, have, you were on the Lakers all season, which I'm assuming is the case. Are you going to stick with the Lakers? I'm going to stick with the Lakers, just even though I'm pulling for the Heat. <laughs> I, yeah. I am I am, uh, going to stick with my Lakers choice. I feel like, you know, um, with everything, with it's kind of like they're, they're at another level. Um, this is the stuff that, you know, LeBron's legacy will hinge on, you know, because obviously it's a different season, but when people talk about him, they, they talk about how many finals trips he's had and how many, um, you know, how many wins, you know, this is his 10th trip to the finals. Um, nine out of the last (laughs) 10 years, uh, LeBron James has been in the finals, which is really incredible. Um, that's why I always laugh when people were like, we saw it during the three for nine. Um, Sorry, what was that? So, I talked over you. What was? Would you say, Sam? Oh no, and I said, yeah. I mean, you know, he's three for nine. So I think oh, he right. needs this. I think he needs this fourth one. You know. Yeah, I mean, when when he went to the finals with the Cavs the first time against the Spurs, I mean, give me a break. He had no shot mm-hmm. at that one, right? Right. I mean, they had nothing. Right. And that that to me is LeBron's legacy more than anything else. Is that he's taken crap and garbage to the finals. Once he had some running mates with the Heat, you know, he went to he went to however many straight finals he won. Was it two of them there, or did he win three? Two out of three. Two out of three. Yeah, he lost one to the Spurs, beat the Spurs, and lost. No, no, no. He lost to the Spurs. He lost to the Spurs and the Mavs, so he might have and been two and two. So two, yeah, so yeah, two and two. <clears throat> yeah, so, and that was yeah. his first season. He went, and the Mavericks um, ended up winning that one in six. And then, 
really, they probably, I think they probably should have lost two to the Spurs, but Ray Allen hit that three-pointer, yeah. <laughs> and that was that, and they they ended up winning. So, like, and then he goes back to Cleveland, and I think they had no business winning that championship when he went yeah. it won against the Warriors, but they won. Um, that's his legacy. Like, I don't care about his record. I, I don't. And if I'm comparing him to Michael Jordan, look, I think Michael Jordan historically is the better player. I had the benefit, thankfully, of watching Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Like, a lot of fans today, you know, especially people that follow this show and this network, they're in a younger demographic, so they might have been alive when the Bulls were going on that run, but they weren't watching it, you know? And we were like, gosh, were we, we must have been in our low teens and maybe even into single digits when the Bulls started, but I remember those vividly. Um... You know, I remember rooting for Larry Bird. Um, I was a Celtics fan. I remember Magic Johnson still playing uh, before, you know, um, HIV and all that stuff. But, like, I think I think Jordan is, like, the Jordan and Pippen era, they would have beaten these teams. I just, I have no doubt. But LeBron is the second best player in the NBA history of all time. And you could even, if you want to argue and say he's 1A, you want to give me analytics and stuff, I don't care about analytics. I care about what I see. And I think LeBron is... Definitely at least the second best player of all time. And for anybody to argue otherwise, I think is goofy. Right, yeah. No, I mean, and and, and I think this year, you know, with the Lakers as well, like, you know, they, they have had everything with the Kobe, you know, the Kobe stuff, and they already have it set where if they're in game seven, they're going to wear those black Mamba jerseys and mm. all that's this a, stuff. That's a, weird, just, that's a weird thing. Like, why, yeah, why, know, why plan your outfit for game seven? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, they should. I'm sure that has nothing to do with the players. That's just them trying to, um, you know, uh, look. I'm garner a... up some, garner I... up some uh, interest in this weird bubble time. Yeah, you know, but... yes. If it, look, I'm a competitive guy. You're a competitive guy. If I'm the Miami Heat and I'm hearing that they're planning their outfits for Game Seven, yes. I'm feeling pretty good mentally right now. Right, right. You know, right. Jimmy Butler. You think he's worried about the Mamba outfit in Game Seven? Give me a break. No, he's not. No, That's he's such a not. Goofy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I'm pulling for the Heat. I would love to see the Heat win, um, but um, I also like to see greatness. And and I mean, the way LeBron's been playing, and you know, another, uh, you know, another, uh, you know, tip in his cap, it would be to 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 get this championship. And um, you know, it, it's incredible. To, you know, ten times to the finals. I mean, that's just something it that isn't unreal, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't know with all the parody and everything going on to have one single player be able to do that. And like you said, some of the teams he's brought there is you know really <laughs> they're, they're no, garbage. You take you take him off the team, and the, the, I don't think. And we've seen that sniffing the playoffs. We've seen know, that so. multiple times where you've taken him off the team, and they've been in the lottery. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. The Game one, by the way, um, I believe it's tonight as of the recording. So by the time this drops, it'll be in the past. But the Lakers, Bavada has at minus five in game one. Who do you like in game one? Uh, I will, I'm going to take the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to win this thing in five. Um, just because I think they're on a whole nother, a whole nother level um, of of – and I think they want to get out of there. <laughs> they, I think these teams are, <laughs> these I think teams these want to teams, get it done. These teams just want to get it done. I mean, they've been there for, sheesh, man. When did they go in? Um, July. You know, they're they're ready. I think these. You know, I think you know, you could tell by LeBron, AD, all these players. I, I think they're just ready. They're ready to go. Um, the big thing will be, you know, where do we? Um, 
Um, where where do we get the bench play? You know, is Dwight Howard going to be an X factor like he was? You know, um, in, in the last series, um, the Heat can go small, um, which will favor them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in many regards, if they start going small and shooting the ball really well, um, it, it'll be very interesting. Like I said, I, I'm I'm pulling for the Heat, but I think Lakers in five. Yeah, so um, looking at the basically the, the futures, right? we just talked about the game, but Bavada has Miami plus 525, which is a, I mean, that's a nice line. People continue, I, I think it should be closer, and the Lakers are minus 425. So the betters are hard on the Lakers, and it's hard to argue against that because, you know, it, LeBron James is so damn good. And it's and it right. lasts. We were talking about Jordan before, and this happened with Jordan and, you know, Carl Malone winning a couple of those MVPs. But, you know, that's why I always laugh, and I have discussions and it's usually with people that are about for, for us Sam we're in kind of our upper 30s at this point it's usually with people that are in their upper 20s or younger um and it's it, I always hear about um maybe not so much this year but you remember Russell Westbrook um with his you know averaging the triple double and stuff he's got to be the MVP you know you talk about James Harden with the scoring all this stuff I'm just like give me give me a break man like you take those guys off of that team they're still winning games they're still winning games. You take LeBron right. off, we've seen this. Right. We've seen it. You take LeBron off the team, and there are lottery teams, like, all the time. He just makes everybody better. And people want to, like, harp on LeBron and, and say that, uh, you know, it's it, it, he passes up the game-winning shot. I'm sorry, Jordan did that in two NBA Finals key moments with uh, Paxton and Kerr. Like, those right. guys won the finals with the last shot. Those guys, because Le- because Michael Jordan on the sideline is like, yeah, they're going to be crashing me. Be ready for the shot. The difference is LeBron didn't have guys that could make the shot, and Michael did. That's, I mean, really, in a lot of these situations. So I don't mind passing. It's the right basketball play. I saw an article, too, Sam, this year in, while they were in the bubble, and they are just talking about, I think they got all the teams that beat LeBron in the playoffs. Um, you know, they went to the Pistons. Basically, the teams that kept LeBron out of the finals. Um, and it's been few. I think there were like six teams. So they talked about... Um, uh, who was the guy? Who was the really good defender for those Pistons teams when they had Ben Wallace? Um, Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn Prince. Thank you. Tayshawn Prince they interviewed. I think they had uh, Bruce Bowen from the Spurs. Um, and they were just talking about, like, hey, um, the, the progression. And, and, and Tayshawn Prince was like, oh, we could do stuff. Basically, all we had to do was just clog the lane and, and run into him because he didn't have an outside shot yet. And it got to the point where I don't know if maybe they were talking about the Warriors. Maybe they did have some finals teams in there, because obviously, because Bruce Bowen was there. Or maybe they're, yeah, anyway. But they uh, they were saying, like, at this point, LeBron's just a computer. He makes the right play every single time he comes down the court. He has an outside shot. He can still take you to the rim. What do you do against this guy? Yeah, I mean, it, he, he's unbelievable, and this is, what, year 17? It, that's incredible, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the amount of Olympics this guy's played in, the amount of how late in the season, yeah. amount of everything, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable, and I hate when we do the comparing Michael to yeah, yeah. LeBron. They're Everybody does player. it. Right? I hate it though. It's so lazy. Like it's a different era. It's a different time. Just enjoy what we're getting to see. You know, I, I hate the comparison because they are totally different players, and it's just it, it, to me it's lazy and it's it's taking a focus away from the present, and that's what we need to enjoy when we have a player. That is in year 17, playing this dominant, still, you know, high flying through the air, 
um, making, like you said, making the right plays, making the the smart decisions. A guy who has really no blip outside of the decision on right. his, and, and and that was even a career move. But you have no outside like. And by no the way, that rest, raised no millions scandals, for charity. No, right. No scandals. No nothing. Like, you know, th- this guy has been, you know, a model citizen, a, you know, a brand ambassador. More of a social advocate these days, which I think is a very, advocate. you know. Yeah. I mean, the guy, you know, he, he's been incredible. And, you know, um, I, 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 I hate I hate the comparison, even though we all have done it. We've all made it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's just it's 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 two different times. It's two different players. Let's let's enjoy what we're watching. I love there was a there was a line from a couple years ago. I believe it was you know people were were talking about the Warriors because the Warriors were streaking and Steve Kerr was of course on the Bulls teams the second um, um, three peat and then coaching the Warriors and you know the media asked him something about you know the Bulls you know could they have. Or, or maybe somebody made the comment that the Bulls would have run through the Warriors and they asked Kerr about it. And Kerr just kind of laughed it off. He's just like, oh, yeah, all the old guys, they're just always better than than what's going on now. And, and he was right. making the same note tongue-in-cheek of what you're saying. It's different eras. You can't really compare them. But what he said, it made me laugh. He's like, the guys in the 30s would have beaten the crap out of all of us, <laughs> you know? Because every, we always want to talk about the you know the, the older generation and how, how kind of stupid it is to compare. Um, like, you could put computer projection models out there, but you can't. You can't do that because, you know, guys that could bang earlier um, in their career. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. Vladi Divac was a pretty good player when he played. In today's NBA, I think he'd be a lot better because of his skill set and what he could do and how he could spread the floor. Back then, he was he was an all-star. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, he might right. even be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a good player, but he'd be way better today. Arvidas Sabonis, who we saw with the Portland Trailblazers back. Was it Arvidas Sabonis? Am I getting that right? Am I getting yeah. the right Sabonis? Yeah. 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 He, um, he it, like, it, these, these centers with skills, they weren't really used back then the way they could be used today. I mean, shoot, he'd be a small forward today. Seriously. Like, he, he dropped some weight, he could be a small forward. Like, these guys right. with imagine, imagine Vladi not ripping cigs at halftime. Yeah. You know, like, if you, you know, like, yeah. if you, if, yeah. if, if you had these guys, you know, and, um, you know, in, in the, the conditions that these guys are in now too, as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It's totally, it's totally different. You know, we looked at Arvita Sabonis like crazy when he would take a three, even though the guy could drill them all day. Yeah. His yep. coach didn't really want him out there shooting because the big guy was supposed to have their back to the basket yeah. and, you know, that type of thing. Um, so we looked at him weird. He didn't come over, you know, until the NBA, until his almost mid-30s, right. I think, was finally came over um, because his skill set wasn't, you know, seen as something that was was used here. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Guys like that would be would be prime players in this in this day and age you know yeah and, and like Dirk Nowitzki right he's the one who kind of cracked right. the mold the Europe I mean he was European but the seven footer who wasn't back to basket guy um right and then that's when things started changing and then you know, the analytics get involved and now teams just take threes with reckless abandon which I don't love you know watching right but right you know that that is what it is and it's the right it's the right analytically thing to do for sure yeah anyway, you got a guy like kevin durant who's seven feet you know pulling up taking you know yeah. 35 footers you mm-hmm. know it's just, it's just it's a different game man different world different world uh let me get over uh quickly the mlb um they started their their playoffs and it completely kind of fell off my radar because you know i've been just i mean i've been in 
the NFL. That's that's all I do for like, you know, 20 weeks or whatever it is. It's mostly what I do for 52 weeks, but especially these ones during the season. But um, I'm looking at the playoffs, you know, Atlanta, you know, plus 1,400, the, the, the Cubs, the White Sox. The White Sox actually, Bavada has it plus 750 over the Cubs. I've been saying for a while that I think the White Sox are my favorite of the Chicago teams to, to win the World Series, but, you know, whatever. What the hell does that mean? Um, <laughs> the Yankees, I don't know. I still worry about Cleveland. If Cleveland didn't make that move to get rid of the pitcher, um, you know, trade trade their their guy. I can't even remember his name. It's, it's escaping me again. I got NFL brain on. I, I liked that. I like Cleveland a lot more to make some noise, uh, but I still like the Dodgers, and they're at plus 325, still odds on favorites, along with actually Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's at plus 400. So you favor pitching, and then uh, the Dodgers have a great mix of pitching and offense. So there you go. Uh, you know, Sam, I think we could probably put a pin in the episode there. You got anything else for the uh, for the fans, for the crowd before we head out? No, nah, man, everyone keep wearing a mask, keep doing your thing. You know, we're going to, you know, we've been keeping it less, you know, uh, COVID talk. But I saw the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning celebration in those crowded bars, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Like, people, wear, wear a mask, Gosh, man. That's like, Florida for you, man. Florida you know, go to Florida. Let's yeah, Florida going to Florida. Let's just you know be smart, be good to each other. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody. Yeah, be good and uh, let's get the vaccine. Let's get the vaccine. Let's get our. I saw Fauci came out by the way, Sam, and said you know even when you have the vaccine, you can't get rid of the masks. I'm like, Are you kidding me, man? I'm so sick of these damn masks. But you gotta wear them. You gotta wear them. Yeah. I'm yep. sick of them too. I hate them. You hate them. I, I hate them. But it's about other people. It's all about other people, man. You got to protect other people. You know, that's what it's about. It's not about you getting sick. It's about, you know, you infecting somebody else's grandma, you know, as I've yep. been saying a long time. At some point, everybody, you're going to meet your maker and they're going to say, hey, did you do everything you could to keep people safe? And you'll be like, yeah, of course I did. And they'll say, did you wear a mask? And it'll be like, no, no, I didn't wear a mask. It pinched my nose. Made my mustache itch, which is the case with me. Must- itchy mustache. This is the first beard I've been able to grow that I haven't been like scratching my nose like uh, like Will Ferrell in the in that disco skit when they would go to the club, you know, when they're yeah. doing the, the nose, the nose candy. I, I scratch my nose like that. It's because my freaking, I got a wonky hair going up into my nostrils. I can't get rid of it. I'm just like a cat scratching at yarn. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> can't. So like I keep shaving my beard. My, my daughter is just like, you look better without a beard. I'm like, well, I like a beard. She's like, well, you're a lot better without a beard. I'm like, well, all right, well, I'll shave it. I guess it's just anyway. Scratch it. There you go. I scratch my scratching it again. It gets better when it's cold here. Anyway, we're off the rest. Everybody, right. be good Welcome to each other. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives Talking about real life, they real nice Going cray on the Netflix late nights And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight Repping the 407, Old Town And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down Talking life, talking real social issues All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO 
And don't get them started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sportsaholic. Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports and holics.